0: And at that point, one of my friends was running uh, and uh, a couple of years before I retired was running what's called Accenture Technology Ventures, which was our venture capital firm. Mm -hmm. It had the partner's money in it and we used it to uh, invest in in various uh, early stage and and later stage companies. Um, So I I went over there um, before I retired and did a couple of deals and they turned out really well. And I said, geez, I'm pretty good at this venture capital stuff. And I had built up a pretty good network in the venture community. And I, so when I retired, I said um, from Accenture, I said, my wife said, what are you going to do next? She said, you're only like 59 or something here. <laughs> I said, well, I'm going to start a venture firm. <laughs> and I did a uh, short story. Uh, we raised, raised some capital. My first investment was uh my partner's company, Lean Logistics, said uh, we uh, sold that company twice. Uh, he joined me about 10 years ago. He, he wanted to be a CEO again. I said, come on over here. It's much more fun doing what I do. He, he loves it. So together we invest in both early and late stage companies. Um, early stage is just what it, what it sounds like. Maybe it's just an idea somebody has. We've, we've funded ideas, which... Most venture guys won't do, and they turned out pretty well, I might add. And then we we you know we do all sorts of um, all the different rounds. We can invest up to many millions in a in an early stage company if we like them a lot and they're doing well. Um, we we stay with it. Lamasoft being a good example, we were very early into Lamasoft. I um, uh, think they, they were four million in revenue when we first invested, and then. You know, it's it it, it grew. Don, Don Hicks had a great vision for democratizing um, network optimization, which he did, made it so anybody could do it, not have to hire an expensive consultant to do it. TPG came along, um, which is a big one of the top three private equity firms, and said, "Hey, uh, that company's getting really big. You know, in an early stage portfolio, don't you want to kind of let it go here?" And he said, "I said, well, we don't want to let it go, but." would you let us co-invest with you on an ongoing basis in, in Lamasoft, leave our money in and invest some more. And they said, Oh, why not? And, and, uh, and we'll help with M and A and stuff like that. So that's how we got into the late stage deals about seven or eight years ago. Um, And, uh, and we do, we do a lot of those. We work with um, uh, HG capital out of London. We work with uh, Marlin equity. We work with, uh, uh, JMI, THL, Lee Summit. We and we don't just bring our own companies to those deals. Uh, we we they would be looking at other deals that we would be doing, uh, you know, in the supply chain space to get our expertise. And so that's become our our second love is late stage deals as well. And uh, uh, the good news is my partner doesn't mind traveling a lot, so we do a lot in Europe, and so. He's on the European boards. I could care less. I said, "Oh no, no more, no more boards for Dave." You know, uh, I've I've had enough. I've had enough of board work. But he's still he's still young enough. He's 25 years younger than I am. So it's it's good. And uh, so we're uh, and now we've gotten into early stage investing in Europe as well. We've done a whole bunch of them over there recently, as well as late stage deals in Scandinavia. And, Germany, UK, Estonia. We just did a deal. So I don't know how long I'm going to continue uh, doing it, but it's fun. I I, I get up every morning and want to want to go want to go do it. You know, we're we're involved in I think three or four late stage deals at the moment with various levels of due diligence. Um, That we both do that, and uh, and then. I do most of the early stage um, with the help of a couple other partners. Um, uh, Most of the early stage vetting, um, actually someone who's uh, a good friend, who's now at Accenture, his company was bought by Accenture, Padman Ramakudi is someone, we. he's great at recruiting. Um, He he, he founded the uh, Bristlecone, which used to compete with us for SAP installations at Accenture, and then... Then he sold that company. Then he found that another company called Intrigo that um, is um, uh, did all sorts of sat on top of a, 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 APO you know uh, or Manugistics or I two with a with an algorithm that that did very specialized inventory analysis that wasn't built into those software programs and and uh, used them as a system of record and he sold that company to Accenture. Now he's at Accenture. Uh, the world, the world comes around too, right? But uh, we do a lot with 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 him. We just do another deal in Europe um, with with Podman now. And the good news about that is he can introduce those companies to Accenture. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it it becomes a, a virtuous circle here in in, in our game. We, we know so many people. We I could I could call up at Accenture or somewhere else and say, Hey, yo, look at this company. They're doing some really interesting stuff. Supply chain that you guys might find useful in your consulting, and uh, you know, not, not many people can do that. So, <laughs>
1: Dave, you mentioned Llamasoft, I didn't know you guys were involved with them. That they were in the news recently as an acquisition or something, so that must be a poster child for you guys, am I right? right? It, it
0: finally went out the door was strategic, you're right, yeah, yeah. It definitely was a poster child. Uh, it went out the door to uh, Koopa software mm-hmm. last October for um, $1.5 billion. Yeah. So I, I hate to admit it, but last year was our best year ever. You, you know, you think about all the misery other people had, but supply chain was so white hot that we, we just not only did some great deals, we had some great exits. And, and uh, uh, it's just the way it is sometimes. Uh, neither of us could travel and we did all these deals
1: mm-hmm.
0: on Zoom. We bought companies in Scandinavia on Zoom. Spent 350 million on. It. <laughs> so it's like, huh? We still met. We still haven't met the the uh, management team in person. <laughs> it's like crazy, huh? That, yeah. That,
1: well, I'm I'm only gonna post the audio of this, but I'll I'll tell the the audience that I can that you're you're smiling ear to ear now, right as you're talking about this. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good. You yeah. enjoy oh, what you're doing. I,
0: I love it. We both we both love it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you couldn't couldn't ask for a better uh, retirement. Right, and my, as my wife says, I've failed retirement three times already. So, <laughs> you know, why not? Uh, you know, why not once more? But uh, I don't know. You know, uh, maybe we got to do it into my 80s. Um, well, long as I have my health. Um,
1: yeah. So, Dave, you're on a on on LinkedIn. You're on a lot of boards. What, what does that mean? I mean, are you active? Are you giving management advice? Or are you just a financial uh, position? or um, yes to all the above? You
0: no, know, I mean, I, I was on I was on the board of Descartes for, for five years. And Descartes one of our earliest investments. I, even though they're a public company, I've made a lot of money on Descartes stock. And uh, tip, tip, stock tip, because <laughs> I'm not connected with the company anymore. Uh, you want a good supply chain stock, uh, Descartes, is uh, is fantastic uh, out of the out of NASDAQ. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I you know I, I was I was the supply chain guy on that board and uh, and you know worked on M and with those guys. We I finally decided to leave the board because we started to, when we got into private equity, we started to conflict on uh, on acquisitions. And then so, it, you know, Dan would be working on an acquisition and I'd find out, oh my God date trying to buy them too. I said, I I can't, I have to, I have, uh, you know, I had to make a choice and I had to choose my own company first, but um, yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of early stage boards and, and, you know, what you try to do is, is, um, is, is keep, keep, keep helping them look around the corner, as I say, is what's, what's coming next. And some people think it's a linear, you know, it's a line. You could just, oh, I can see it. And I said, no, no, life's never a straight line. Anything that's going to happen to you, it's going to happen around a corner. I've got to teach you how to look around corners, you know, to figure out what's there. And sometimes they're left, sometimes they're right. Who knows? And and that, you know, that forces a lot of the founders to be more creative because they'll come to be in a board meeting and say, now give me a linear explanation for what's going to happen over the next year two. when I say, here, sure, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. You know, I know there are competitors coming into your space and you're acting like there are none. How can you do that? Right? And, then, you know, I also know that they're cheaper than you, even though you've got a great piece of software. You've got to, you've got to come back and tell me what you're going to do. What, what are we going to do here? And it was... LamaSoft was a great example of that because, you know, Don Hicks, who we actually do a number of investments with now. I like Don a lot. He's a co-investor of ours, brilliant guy. He democratized that, that whole network optimization space and made it easy to use, cheaper to use. And he just beat off all the competition that was still really expensive and, and made that software available to so many more companies that you didn't have to have 10 PhDs like you used to <laughs> at, at uh, Procter & Gamble sitting there running these models all day long. It's like, no, don't need to do that anymore. Uh, and it, it's made, I, I, think, I think it's one of the, the, gonna be the really interesting trends that we're gonna see going forward in software is the democratization, making, making supply chain software, which has become, as you well know, Chris, really complex. Really difficult. You think of SNOP and all. Make it simple. Make it real simple, and that so that you know. And we just invested in a company called Shipday, which is selling globally uh, a local delivery platform optimization tool for small stores. And I don't care where it is. They have nine languages now: India, Turkey, you know, Afghanistan, to to do their deliveries, to manage their deliveries and across multiple, you know, delivery agents, and, and to me, it was like, that, that's incredible, that's incredible, and they're like, like, 10 bucks a month, and they've already, you know, their revenue is already exceeding, they've been business eight months, their revenues are like 800, $800,000, and they got no competitors, and, and they, they haven't done any marketing or sales, it's all been word of mouth, and it's like, to me, that's the, that's, and I look to future supply chain. I want to see more stuff like that, you know, because that, that expands supply chain to let the ordinary person use it and not make it into some, something that, you know, you got to get a PhD to work on and you know, got to be a brilliant person to do it. That's not solving world supply chain problems, <laughs> not at all. So, uh, Look, look for that in the future I wrote a blog about it the other day I got so excited about it I'll send you a copy
1: no I, I was just going to mention that's that's the third or fourth time you've mentioned democratization and and I actually on July 11th you, you posted the blog I was looking that's that's something that I'm impressed with you at this stage in your careers you're still sharing you're still creating thought thought leadership and content and posting blogs I think that's impressive it says no, I don't do me. as
0: much as I used to but Uh, I I try to, I have another one I'm working on. It's called ship anything from anywhere, you know, which is the new omni-channel world and saying that that's the other paradigm that we look forward to investing going forward. It's like, I don't care where it is. You know, if you're going to fulfill a customer need, you know, instead of having, Oh, it's going to be in my retail store. Oh, it could be in 50 places back in your supply chain and the ability to tap those, places to do it, I think is another major, a major trend that's uh, not going to, uh, not going backwards on that one. It's not going backwards. And uh, that's one of our really interesting in, in, in investing um, themes as well. Then that, that I have about 10 of them in the, uh, uh, we have a little list we have of, because we're investors, we're not doers. And so people will say, well, geez, that's a great idea. Why don't you do it? I said. I don't do it, I invest in it. I wait for someone to come tell me that they wanna do it. And then I say like ship day, I was been waiting for that for a couple of years. And and uh, he, this guy came to me just a month ago and said, I'm doing this and I've already, already got all this revenue and I don't really need to raise money but maybe I should start thinking about it. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Cool.
1: So yeah, your you, if people are interested in seeing some of your thoughts, you still post occasionally. It's not not every day, but, but it's at supplychainventures.com. Is that right? Is that the site?
0: Yeah, and the blogs featured yeah, the on blogs. there as well. That's
1: You've right. got. A, I think you have a few other places for resources,
0: like things places you go to get information from. So that's well, nice I have some measure. of my ancient articles. You know, that, and believe it or not, um, on the supply chain venture website, the most Pinged on article is the seven principles of supply chain management, which I, which myself and and uh, two of our, they were young, they were young at at that point. Frank Britt and and down uh, Donovan Favor, we wrote back in 1992, and it's still mm-hmm. one of the most read articles on supply chain in the internet. And, you know, I looked at it the other day; it's still still pretty real, you know. I mean, things have changed now, but the basics are the basics in supply chain they're not not radically different <laughs>
1: yeah it's rather it's rather ironic that you said that. i was looking at your website before this this show and that's that's the one article i keyed on i'm, I'm going to check it out because i like to see how people prof- prophesize and then kind of see what happens so that'd right. be good yeah. so i'll check that out and i encourage others to check it out as well so i know i've taken a lot of your time here today just just one last thing unless you have anything else to share on the visions or or anything. Uh, um, no, no. Dave, I, I like to, I found a large part of my audience, right, right? And it's a large, a part of my audience is either students in the university, you know, thinking about careers as they come out, maybe they're not even in supply chain yet, or adults that are in experienced people that are thinking about careers in supply chain. Do you have any guidance for either one of those types of people on what they should be looking at or think, should they get an economics degree or, or what should <laughs> what should they be doing? To prepare
0: and, well today i mean you know when i when i was doing it as you as well chris there were hardly any programs right they were tend to be engineering programs that you know maybe had some some manufacturing and operations in their ie world and and but today there's i mean you can take most of the really great mit courses online for nothing and you can attend so many virtual conferences for nothing or listen to webinars, you can learn so much that wasn't open to us before. The web has made that readily available. So if I don't care whether you're a, a student interested in supply chain or a, you know, or a professional thinking they wanna do more in it. Um, first off, um, life is a perpetual education. So you better keep learning um, I do. I have my own method, which is I talk to 300 supply chain startups a year, and I hear all these great ideas. So i like, great. That's, you know, that's something that, that's really cool. And uh, as I say, there's, there's plenty of plenty of free courses um, out there. There's plenty of micro courses too, like right? mm-hmm. MIT, Stanford uh, offer, and as does Michigan State, as does Ohio State, as does George, as does you, Tennessee um, and and like I, there's no there's ten or fifteen more of them now I mean you, the the discipline of supply chain is 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 across many many more schools than it was historically and there's plenty of opportunity to pick a course or two um, a lot of stuff's online that's what that's what I do see if you like it see if you like it say oh gee I'm interested in I'm interested in this omni channel stuff well there's a course out there for it. I would recommend one in particular, and that's a course in artificial intelligence um, by the Finnish government. It's a free course. It teaches one the basics of AI and machine learning and anybody can take it. And you just put in AI Finland and it'll come up. (laughs) AI course Finland. And it's free and it's a neat little course because I think that's going to underlie most everything we do in supply chain going forward. So,
1: yeah, I think I saw, I saw something about that on your website. I don't know if you blogged about it or there was a link, but I, I do recall seeing that.
0: Yeah, I took it. I took it and, uh, along with an MIT course in it. and uh, I have to admit, I, I really did learn more from the Finns than I did from MIT. <laughs> yes. Well, well i'll agree with well, you only but. because the mit guys got so exotic that it was like wait okay. a minute i don't need all this i i need i need to understand you know i understand how to construct these ai matrices that you use to go in and and do these searches that's what i wanted to understand and they were you know they were waxing eloquent for yeah, four yeah. levels down on me right? it's like the- a, theoretical oops. theoretical yeah.
1: good yeah yeah i would i would agree with you on those sentiments um Continuous learning, I think is, is, we can all, it doesn't matter your age or, or what you're doing. There's always, especially now with the, with the internet, there's always something you can be learning, whether it's a formal class or professional development or just online webinars. There's all kinds of webinars on YouTube. So if you can sort through the marketing stuff, you can get down to the, the real content as well. So, and I think artificial intelligence is gonna, artificial intelligence machine learning is gonna have a tremendous impact, especially on things like forecasting Accuracies, uh, collaboration, all those things. Yep. But what else is interesting? I talked. Is, I asked somebody this question. He's a professor from Ohio State. Uh, Doug Lambert. I don't know if you know Doug, but he. Oh yeah. He, he wrote. I, I talked to him about the history of the holding carrying cost because he he was one of the first people to write about it. So, but his advice was supply chain is about relationships, and that's something I never considered. And if you think about it, it is it's collaboration between companies.
0: Uh, so I thought that was interesting as well. Doug has done a lot on that. And, you know, that's, that's Kate Potasik at Tennessee is someone that might make a good uh, interview for you. She, she's doing all the work on, on you know, uh, collaborative um, uh, relationships in supply chain. And she, she was somebody that I had hired and, and uh, went to Microsoft and did a lot of consulting with them. And then they hired her uh, there. And then she left Microsoft, started her own company, uh, you know, in this supply chain collaboration space that, you know, for working with 3PLs, you know, and to make it cooperative, not competitive. Mm-hmm. And, and she's really done some wonderful stuff there that I would, I would recommend, uh, uh, getting in touch with her. And, and, uh, she, she could, she'd be someone that, that, you know, has a long history in, in, in supply chain, not quite as long as mine, but, but at least uh, at least 30 years because I hired her in, <laughs> in the early 90s and uh, 30 years is a long time to uh, yeah. de- dedicate yourself to it and she she didn't she didn't ever think she'd end up there but doing this what she's doing but you know I'm a professor at, at, at Tennessee and and but very real world very real world not theoretical so
1: great well, I, I appreciate your insights and and Dave, I think my only challenge of uh, disappointment of having you on the show is I think you've uh, disproven my theory that supply chain is boring. So <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well we're trying to do it collectively, right, Chris? Great, we're trying great, to great. disprove that collectively here. And I think great. that's you know, trust me, if you uh, if you interviewed someone and said it, it was boring, your interview would be over pretty fast that's and you'd be on your your podcast, would it? Got it, there got go. it. <laughs>
1: well Dave thanks uh, thanks again for investing time with me.
0: Great great doing it Chris Thank
1: you Supply chain is boring as part of the supply chain now network, the voice of supply chain Interested in sponsoring this show or others to help you get your message out send a note to Chris at supplychainnow.com. We can also help with world-class supply chain education and certification workshops for you or your team. Thanks for listening And remember supply chain is boring. Now you're a you're a PhD, so you're a real doctor.
0: <laughs> yes, I am. No, that's right. great. That's great. I'll yeah. so we'll talk
1: all about those. No, I'm and I'm so I'm also I'm getting I'm going back to school getting a, a DBA, not a PhD. Ah. But, the, but my emphasis is supply chain. So a little bit later in the career, but mm-hmm. I just have a natural curiosity for learning. So
0: yeah. Well, my mine wasn't PhD in supply chain. I don't uh, know if they existed. It was <laughs> it was even hard. No, what? It, it
1: no it didn't exist. did uh, That's yeah. what I te- That's what I tell kids today. But right. Right. you went you went a little bit harder. What was it? Econometrics. Yep. Oh man, yep. That's, I had a minor in economics, so I have an appreciation for people like you.
0: Yeah. No. It uh, it's it served me well. Uh, you know, I, I was writing my dissertation um, as I was having children. Thus, having to support the children, do a dissertation, and do a job—that's where I got into supply chain. Truthfully, okay. finishing up the dissertation, uh, my thesis advisor uh, said, "You know, this—I know you're looking for something to do, and, he did, and the uh, U.S. Department of Transportation is hiring PhDs over in." in it, it, it Cambridge what used to be the transportation system center it's still there but that was that was in 1971 or yeah. so still working full-time at 76. So. That's great well my
1: my lineage to you is uh, I used to work at it I was Anderson Consulting and then Accenture so I was there during the name change but I worked under uh, I guess with Eric Peters and Bruce I don't or if sure. you remember them. No, oh god yes. <laughs> so I was kind of under that that line of command
0: right.
1: so, yeah so and i saw you you had done some things probably with eric what was it true demand back in those days yep. so, yeah
0: right. when eric was uh, chairman there and, yeah. and and president of ceo actually.
1: yeah okay